This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 133, Comic Reviews for the week of Tuesday, December the 31st. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans podcast. This is episode 133, the comic reviews episode for the comics released on Tuesday, December the 31st. I am your host, Adam Chapman. Welcome to the show. Um, so this week uh, we have the, the last comics that were actually released in the year 2013. Um, there's actually more comics than I would have expected to come out at the very end of the year, at least from the big two. Um, Marvel actually didn't have a lot of releases, but uh, it seemed that DC had a lot a lot of releases uh, as compared to the week before where they just had two coming out for Christmas as well as Marvel having two. Um I guess let's just jump right into it. Uh, this can be a little bit of a shorter episode. I say that often, but this one should be a little bit shorter. I'm just uh, running a little low on time this week, so uh, we'll just motor through the books. Uh, there might be a little bit less of a discussion of the general tone of where the books were headed and what actually what was going on in the books as opposed to my impression of the book um, this time around. Uh, the first book we're going to take a look at is none other than Aquaman 26. Uh, now, this is the first Aquaman issue to um, be written by a writer. Sorry, that's not technically true because John Ostrander wrote a, a fill-in issue of Aquaman. But basically, now that Jeff Johns has left the book, Jeff Parker has taken the reins. Paul Pelletier remains on pencils. Um, it really does kind of pick up from where we were in the last uh, kind of series. I have uh, Aquaman having taken the reins of being the king of Atlantis. Uh, Mira is the kind of uneasy queen as she's not really a big fan of being the queen and, and being on that throne. Um, she knows that the people of Atlantis don't really respect her or like her at all either. Uh, you have oh, Jeff Parker does a lot here because he deals with, you know, kind of a, a new disturbance, uh, something that uh, Aquaman will have to deal with. He also gets to see a little bit more of how Atlantis kind of functions in terms of the kingdom, uh, the councils that he has to, that Aquaman has to attend to, um, the fact that he kind of goes into action against, you know, creatures and against, you know, rescuing people when there are technically other uh, kind of institutions set up within the Atlantis framework to do so. Um, it's kind of an interesting, there's an interesting political aspect, um, just, you know, there's just a lot going on. You have this kind of the new threats both at home and abroad. Um, I, I like where Jeff Parker seems to be setting things up. It's not that different in tone from where the book has been over the last, what, 25 issues. Uh, I thought it was a nice, consistent way to go with the story. Pilot Chase artwork is fantastic. I give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, next up is Batman the Dark Knight, number 26. Now, I forget for sure, but I think this is one of the Bat books that's going to be ending soon. Um, after an issue like this, I'm not really that surprised. Um, it felt like one of those nuff said issues that Marvel did back in what 2001, uh, where they just had an issue where there was no talking, sorry, no dialogue at all. Um, this issue's been written by Greg Hurwitz, uh, artwork by Alberto Ponticelli. Um, I, I just, I don't know, I just, I just found I was really bored by the story. Uh, it, it doesn't help that there's really not a lot of dialogue here. Obviously, it's supposed to be the idea of, of the voiceless and, um, you know, people victimized, etc. Um, and Batman kind of maybe coming to their aid. I just found the entire issue really, um, not repetitive, but just really, I don't know. I, I found myself so indifferent. I didn't really care. I was really bored. Uh, the lack of dialogue. You have to have a really strong script that really sells itself without needing 
um, to actually have dialogue to, and you have to have a really strong artist. And I found, although the art was good, I, I, it didn't do the greatest job of telling a wordless story. Uh, for that, I give it a, a five out of ten. Uh, it just it wasn't quite firing in all cylinders for me. Uh, speaking of not firing in all cylinders for me, we have Damien, Son of Batman, number three. Cannot wait for this to be done. Uh, it just feels like it's a failure in every way. Um, the artwork by Andy Cooper is enjoyable. It's probably the only good part of the book. The writing really is not very strong. Uh, here we have Alfred saving Damien and kind of bringing him back to life. Uh, or not bringing him back to life, but like, you know, rescuing him from possible death. Um, I guess Alfred dies. Uh, suddenly, uh, this cat is speaking as if it's Alfred to Damien, which is weird. Uh, more on Professor Pig's people, which I don't really care much for anyway. Um, again, there's some beautiful artwork in here, some really cool stuff, but the script is so lackluster that it at times doesn't matter. Um, you have more on James Gordon, kind of. Uh, you have Batman confronting the Joker, and with him, it's not the real Joker after all. Uh, it's this kind of new, weird, new version of the Joker. It just feels like there's not a lot of substance here. Where the hell is Bruce? Because I feel like he's still around, and now he's not really around for this issue. Um, the death of Pennyworth doesn't feel as important or as impactful as it should. Damien is not a very good character, or not a character I like reading about. At least this version of him is kind of a weird... Like, he is a dick, but a different kind of dick than he's been portrayed as in the past. And not one I'm that interested in reading about. Um, the artwork is great. The story is really not very good. Uh, I feel like I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10, where I think it's going to get like a 4 out of 5 for art, maybe a 1 out of 5 for story, which gives it a, a, a total of 5 out of 10. It's just, this series is awful. Uh, it's, it looks good. It looks pretty, and that's all it's got going for it. Uh, next up is The Flash. Uh, this is number, what, 26? Uh, this is written by, I believe, just Brian Bucciolato. Uh, there's no Francis Manipole involved. Sorry, I'm wrong, actually. Sorry, this is the fill-in. This is Christos Gage, with artwork by Neil Googe. Um, never heard of Neil Googe before. His artwork's alright, but nothing that special. Um, the story by Gage, again, it's alright. At times, Barry seems a little too carefree, a little bit too Wally-ish. Um, the story itself, where you have this, this character who's kind of doing all these kind of, uh, daring robberies, etc., and Flash having to kind of go into, into, uh, into the air to kind of stop this uh, this villain. It's kind of interesting to see the flashbacks and seeing how he's able to operate when he's not on solid ground and seeing him kind of being very dedicated to stopping this particular character. Uh, it is a done in one. It doesn't feel like it has a lot of substance. It's a lot of kind of fun flash, but I don't actually mean that for the way it sounds. But, you know, it, it's got a little bit... It's flashy. There's a little... Not a lot of substance here. It's more style. Um, it does feel like something we've already seen before, maybe not in the New 52, but pre-New 52 with Wally. Um, it, it's a little forgettable. It, it, it feels like a done one in that way. I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. It's not a bad story. It just, I don't know, it just didn't really, it, it didn't really grab me a lot. Um, it felt like it went on a little long as well. So we have Manhattan Project 17. Uh, I like the cover here because it's the idea of the different projects that's going on. Um, I'm wondering where he's going to go with this. It's by Hickman and Patara. Uh, I do like the idea of seeing a more of Al Albert Einstein or Albrecht Einstein and uh, Richard Feynman as they kind of are exploring other worlds and they come across this creature um, who basically wants out. And then we see 
a little bit like obviously in the future where they've kind of t taken the head off of this creature uh, whereas in the present we have Leslie Groves being interrogated by Robert Oppenheimer or sorry Joseph Oppenheimer um, then you have you know kind of madness is kind of breaking in as uh, this, this this creature is going everywhere and uh, there's this crazy interaction with the creature kind of confronting its base in instincts and it's being torn between two different uh, directions as it's uh, confronting Leslie Groves uh, the idea that the scientists might actually be um, more protected where they are right now in prison uh, there's not a lot of forward momentum here but we get a, enough of a sense of something big's going to happen which was cool it wasn't quite the lead up the lead up in the last couple issues felt like it was going to something a little bit grander with this issue but that might be just happening next issue um, the last line of this book is freaking fantastic it is uh, I forget what the guy, hell of a guy's name is I think it's Westmoreland but his, his line is fuck your science doctor I've got a machine gun. And if there isn't a greater line to kind of be the way that we kind of drop out of this book and, and finish this issue, I don't even know what it could possibly be. I mean, I love that line. I gave it an 8 out of 10. Uh, next up is New Avengers, number 13.inh. This is probably the best INH issue I've read, which isn't saying much because they've all been awful. Um, that being said, it's by Hickman, but artwork by Simone Bianchi. I do not really like Bianchi's artwork. Uh, it doesn't really work for me. It's a little... I don't know what it is. It's a little too much. It's not as clean um, as uh, we've been seeing recently. I do like how we start with this Illuminati, and then we realize it's Earth-23099 as they face an incursion. Uh, it's kind of weird. It's an interesting version where everyone kind of looks similar, but Professor X is still alive. Black Panther is wearing... Um, kind of a white costume. You have Shuri as part of the Illuminati. Captain Marvel still alive. Black Bolt's the deposed king of the Inhumans. And Magneto's part of the uh, Illuminati with Professor X. Uh, in this version, Maximus uh, is the king of the Inhumans, and he's the one who's kind of um, started the uh, you know process that's happening in in inhumanity uh, during Infinity, where it's kind of activated everyone's latent uh, inhuman, inhuman nature as the incursion wall uh, approaches. We then go back to Earth 616 and more of the Black Swan explaining about um, a mirror to be able to witness all these other incursions to be able to prepare against them. Um, a, a nice a nice sequence where uh, Reed Richards basically says, you know, you've called it a, what you've called a mirror, um, I've made a bridge. And he's like, of course I do, I can even build it. And Tony's like, oh really, not getting a little ahead of yourself are you? And he's like, unfortunately no, this is Reed. I've actually built one before, Anthony. What she calls the mirror, I call it the bridge. And as a fan of the, um, you know, what we've been getting in Fantastic Four by Hickman and this entire run having the bridge and the cancel of reads, I love the callback. It was very, uh, very awesome. Uh, I'm excited to see where we go with next issues of uh, New Avengers. This issue was a lot of kind of set up and it was more about an alternate reality and getting the team to kind of construct a bridge so that they can kind of witness through the mirror to see what other realities have, are happening as they face their own incursion walls um, not a lot of forward momentum but I'm sure that will come in the next couple issues so I'm okay with it it was a good kind of recap of where we've been and seeing an alternate reality is always kind of fun as well as seeing how he plays with that uh, the next is Superior Foes of Spider-Man number 7. Now, I haven't read all the issues of Superior Spider-Man. I haven't really been enjoying it. I read the first couple issues. I didn't like it. I read issue 7. I was like, you know, I got the tablet. It's easier for me to read these issues now. I'm going to read this. 
Uh, and this was surprisingly absolutely fantastic. Uh, probably the best issue I read this week. It wasn't Hickman. It wasn't New Avengers. It wasn't it wasn't uh, Manhattan Projects. It was Superior. Um, sorry, Superior Foes of Spider Man by uh, Nick Spencer and what Steve Lieber. Um, actually, sorry, I'm wrong. It says Steve Lieber on the cover, but it's actually by uh, Rich Ellis. And um, this issue really is not about the rest of the superior foes at all. It's really just about this new Beetle. And um, again, I, I'm out of the loop with this book. Oh, and now I really want to get caught up. So uh, I didn't know that. And maybe we've already known that um, Tombstone is uh, Beetle's father. Um, it's a really brilliant backstory for this character who all she wants is to be a supervillain like her dad. Uh, he doesn't want her to be one. He's willing to do all everything for her, provide for her, uh, help help her with her education. Um, wants her to be a, a you know, um, is trained her to basically be a thief, and uh, he wants her to kind of be a, um, a thieving lawyer basically. But he doesn't want her to be a super um, a supervillain no matter what. And then eventually she becomes involved with uh, Baron Zemo and the Fixer which was kind of funny. It's set around the time of when the Baron Zemo kind of returned and um, after having not been seen since his uh, Born Better uh, miniseries and he was really determined to kind of stick to Bucky Barnes as Captain America. Uh, this is kind of set in that time period. Um, it's kind of a weird interaction between the Fixer and Baron Zemo, but for the most part I enjoyed it. I like the callbacks to old Thunderbolts history as well. Even the Counter-Earth I mean, this is stuff that most people just wouldn't know about or wouldn't even think to talk about. Um, so I liked it a lot more than I thought, and this is actually going to make me go back and read the issues that I missed, and probably also eventually pick it up and trade if I find it worthy. Um, I love seeing how this new beetle was kind of created, um, how badly she wanted to be the beetle, uh, her connection to Tombstone, obviously. Uh, the artwork is fantastic. Um, I really enjoy the story. I mean, this just took me absolutely... By surprise, I did not expect this at all. It was extremely enjoyable. Rich Ellis does a fantastic job on the artwork. Um, I gave this a 9 out of 10. As I said, this is the best book I read this week. Absolutely floored me. And uh, next up, or last up, sorry. Because, as I said, this is the quick round. And this is 8 books in, so far, 15 minutes, which is pretty good. Uh, we got Talon number 14, which I believe is the last issue, or is it not? No, it's not. It definitely feels like it should be the last issue. Um, as we see a resolution to the current storyline. Uh, I found it really leave, lacking and leaving a lot to be desired. James Tinian IV obviously writing it. Emmanuel Simeone doing the artwork. And I found his artwork to be really disappointing. Um, I just didn't like his, his artistic take on things. I think the artwork throughout the series has been a little bit darker. Not quite as... Not clean, but smooth. I think the smooth textures didn't work for this, um, and I just I just got bored. Um, I, the Talon book started out so strong, and then about middle to like midway through, when he became a Talon again, was kind of like whoa, like I didn't see that coming. But then this whole conclusion felt really forced, a little too simple, a little too easy. I thought it should have ended a little bit more brutally. Maybe he should have died. I think it would have made maybe worked better. Him being folded into uh, Batman Incorporated, which is something that's not really addressed in anywhere other than Batwing, kind of. Um, it just feels like an odd decision because no one really ever uses Batman Incorporated except for Grant Morrison, who's now not even writing Batman Incorporated because that book's over. Um, 
I don't know. I gave it a 5 out of 10. I was not all that impressed. Uh, so let's move on to the books I didn't get a chance to look at. Man, there's a lot. Uh, Adventures of Superman number 8, All-Star Western 26, Batwoman 26, Beware the Batman number 3, Catwoman 26, Dead Boy Detectives number 1, Fables 136, Forever Evil Argus number 3, Green Team, Teen Trillionaires number 7, Guardians of the Galaxy number 10, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe number 9, Injustice Gods Among Us number 12, Justice League Dark 26, Lara Flea's number 6, Red Lanterns 26, Savage Wolverine 13, Superman 26, Superman Unchained number 5, which I started to read but was just like, I don't know what's happening, I haven't read it in a while and I don't care. Um, Teen Titans 26, actually, hold on, I read Teen Titans 26, we have one last book to talk about. Uh, and sorry, Tom Strong and the Planet Apparel. Um, Teen Titans 26, uh, it was alright, I mean it wasn't that strong. I, 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 I'm very middle of the road with it, I'm gonna give it a 7 though, um... It wasn't a bad issue. We get to see a lot of the kind of the backstory to the Kid Flash character. Um, personally, though, I didn't really care for this origin because I like him being tied to uh, Barry Allen. I like him being part of that legacy. I don't really care about him being this kind of futuristic character um, who became this kind of rebel. And then because of this accident that happens to his sister, he kind of turns a leaf joins witness protection ends up in the present or sorry in the past which is our present and then eventually has to stand trial in the future um i don't know i i'm gonna give it a a six um again not the strongest issue uh but then teen titans hasn't been strong issue like a strong series throughout that artwork by tyler kirkham fairly good art though um and it's written by scott lubdell again it's not it's not bad it's just not quite to my taste uh, and I shouldn't punish him for it not being to my taste, because, you know, who am I? Just some random guy with a podcast. Um, anyways, so that's, <coughs> excuse me, everything that came out this week that I either talked about or didn't talk about, as the case might be. Um, looking forward to next week. Um, let's take a look. What is coming up uh, in the comic book world? Uh, as I speak, this is the 6th, so uh, we're looking for comics that are coming out on the 8th. Um, so, I mean, there's some stuff I'm really looking forward to, and I cannot wait to see. Um, so let's get into that. So DC upcoming books include Action Comics 27, Batman Superman 7, Batwing 26, which is a part of Gothtopia. Obviously, there's the, uh, the giant, giant, giant-sized Detective Comics 27, which launches Gothtopia, which is, I believe, $7.99, which is massive. Uh, a new chapter of Earth 2... Um, you've got Ferris coming out, Green Arrow, Green Lantern. Um, you have a new Green Lantern Sector 2814 trade paperback volume 3, which continues to reprint um, stuff that usually has never really seen the light of day in Green Lantern, which is nice. Uh, so if you have an interest in that, you should definitely pick it up. Um, you have the Superman hardcover volume 3, as well as the uh, volume 2 trade paperback. You have the Swamp Thing by Brian K. Vaughn uh, trade paperback coming out. And uh, another Trinity of Sin, The Phantom Stranger, um, Forever Evil tie-in, as well as the print version of Vampire Diaries number one. Um, over at uh, Image Comics, uh, a new Walking Dead issue for those following that, which is issue 119. Um, then we move over to Marvel. We've got, uh, we're, we're nearing the end of A Plus X, but we're not quite there yet. Uh, we've got the all-new Marvel Now, point one, uh, which is potentially important or maybe not 
We'll see. All new X Factor number one as part of the uh, all new Marvel Now. I'm really excited to see about this because I really love Peter David. I love Carmine J. Domenico. Uh, so this should be quite a book, and I'm interested in the cast as well. I am excited to pick this up. Um, for there's an all new X Men 22. Oh, sorry, that's a poster. That's not a real issue. Um, for those who didn't read the uh, all new X Men Indestructible Hulk, uh, Superior Spider Man, Armors of the Octopus. Um, crossover now you can pick up a trade of it which costs you i believe three issues more than the original issues would have cost you i uh, we have all new x-men volume one yesterday's x-men trade paperback so finally all new x-men come into trade uh you have avengers world number one launching you have black widow number one cable next force 18 uh which continues that crossover you have cataclysm ultimate spider-man cataclysm ultimate last stand daredevil dark knights number eight which i think is the last issue um there's a Fantastic Four and Humans uh, trade paperback called Atlantis Rising. Uh, you have The Guardians of the Galaxy by Jim Valentino, which is the 90s series, Volume 1. Uh, Infinity Heist, number 4. Inhumanity Awakening, number 2. I hated issue number 1 of Inhumanity Awakening, so I'm sure there won't be much of that for me to enjoy. <coughs> Excuse me. We have Iron Man 20. Um, we've got a, a poster of Miracle Man, number 1 by Francis Yu. Uh, Revolutionary War Alpha, for those who are fans of Marvel UK. Uh, Superior Spider-Man Team-Up, uh, Payback Friendly Fire, which really just collects the last issues of Avenging Spider-Man, which is confusing in the naming of these trades. Um, and then you got Wolverine 13, you got the hardcover of X-Men Battle of the Atom, and then you got the, uh, one of the, one of the last issues, I don't think we're quite there yet, of Young Avengers. Um, so it's interesting week, not a lot of stuff I'm really super excited about, I'm more excited for, I think, the week that comes afterwards. Uh, mainly because um, on the 15th of uh, January, we have Superior Spider-Man 25, which I am super pumped for. Uh, it's a giant-sized issue, but I cannot wait to, uh, to see that. Uh, anyway, so that is our uh, episode for this week for the Reviews Podcast. Uh, the next episode, will be, I don't really know what it's going to be yet. It's going to be one of a few different things. Uh, episode 134 will either be... It's unlikely it'll be the Star Trek episode with uh, Tibor Mate. I feel like that may not come out till maybe issue, uh, sorry, episode 136. Um, it might be an episode where I talk about, I do another flashback like I just did a few days ago, or a couple days ago. Or did I actually record that yesterday? <laughs> um, anyways, uh, the flashback, um, the new one was going to be the uh, Green Goblin series. Um, I'm specifically going to be looking at the trade paperback that came out a year, maybe two years ago, called Green Goblin: A Lighter Shade of Green, collecting the Green Goblin series from the uh, mid '90s, which uh, is the the heroic version of the Green Goblin, uh, known as Phil Urich. Um, either it'll, it'll be that, or it'll be a spotlight episode on a movie. Uh, unfortunately, a movie that is probably old by this by the time the podcast will go up. Uh, as my wife and I, now that we have a baby, we haven't had a lot of time to go out uh, to movies. We could, theoretically, but getting a babysitter when it's a really young child, I mean, you have to kind of be ready to kind of do that. Um, and now that we kind of have kind of a living babysitter, as uh, my wife's cousin has is, is started to live with us, so we have an extra pair of hands, uh, and she was like, you know what, you guys need a date night. Uh, why don't I take care of Zach and you guys can go to a movie so we might be seeing either um, Saving Mr. Banks which I'm surprisingly really excited about or Frozen which is supposed to be fantastic um, so either of those we'll probably do a podcast talking about it um, at some point probably episode 134 but maybe not maybe 136 
who knows? Uh, I'm always open. And then at some point, I would love that Paul Square is back on the uh, the podcast, but that's proven to be more challenging than we both would have expected. Anyways, thank you for joining me for episode 133. It's been very much appreciated to have you with me today. Uh, you can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook. Uh, rate and review us on, I- on iTunes, please. Uh, we need more to, so we can uh, kind of build the, the, uh, the fan base for the show. I'd really appreciate our rate and review on iTunes. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can also post in our HD Realms threads for the episodes as well. So thank you for joining me. This has been Adam Chapman for uh, Comic Shenanigans Episode 133, Comic Reviews for the week of uh, Tuesday, December the 31st. And this has been our first reviews episode of 2014. Looking forward to many, many, many more. I guess 51 more. Um, actually, 52, because technically this is the first podcast we've done, but it was of comics that came out in uh, in December. Anyways, we'll catch you next time. Thank you for joining me. Bye-bye, everybody.